This sermon audio is presented to you by Pastor Tommy Brandon and Calvary Church of Fort Worth. For more information, visit our website at calvaryftw.com. Those are such kind words coming from uh, our youth pastor. And uh, wow. Uh, You know, I just figured out early on in my walk with God that uh, if I was going to spend eternity with uh, people that I was doing life with down here, I needed to learn how to enjoy them down here because I'm going to be stuck with them for all eternity uh, uh, if I can make it to heaven. Amen. And uh, I'm just going to serve notice on somebody in this place today. Uh, I'm planning on going to heaven with you. So get ready for it, okay? Uh, uh, When you get there, I'm going to be there. And uh, you're going to uh, feel the joy and the welcome of people that you have done life with uh, on this side uh, of the veil. It's a great joy and a great honor today to fill the pulpit that uh, God allowed me to fill for so many years. And I never take it uh, for granted. I'm honored by our pastor to be asked to... uh, uh, fill in today, uh, he and uh, Pastor Denora just slipped out uh, to head to one of our church plants, and he is speaking there today in their Sunday morning service, uh, and uh, so we pray God's anointing and his blessings, uh, and we know that our pastor will bring a great word for a brand new church plant today uh, that will help them, encourage them. And uh, how many of you know that if you can help somebody along the way of life, then your living is not in vain. If, if, if God allows you to help somebody else along the way, then your living will never be dull nor boring. And uh, I count it a great honor in this 10 a.m. service uh, to speak today. Let's turn in our Bibles, our iPhones, our iPads, Uh, whatever you use to get to the uh, heart of Scripture. Uh, If not, check the screens. Isaiah chapter number 54 is where God has directed me. And as a disclaimer today, uh, before I start this message, I must tell everyone that uh, during the month of February, I used this Uh, this scripture and this message in a Wednesday night Bible study that I taught here on campus and uh, there are some that heard it then and uh, uh, but I know people so well you have slept since then (laughs) and uh, uh, plus that was Wednesday night and I just feel in my spirit that God Uh, uh, impressed these uh, scriptures and these words and this uh, encouragement uh, uh, for the church body as a whole. And so uh, I've learned to follow God and do what he wanted me to do. This is the second time uh, today, and I'll do it in the 11 o'clock service likewise. Amen. Isaiah 54, verses 2 and 3 God spoke to his people and he told them, enlarge 
the place of your tent. How many of you had rather have a larger tent than a smaller tent? Uh, you'd rather have a larger tent than a pup tent. Um, uh, I have actually experienced sleeping on the ground without a tent. I prefer a tent to no tent. But he goes ahead and tells his people, stretch your tent curtains wide and don't hold back. Lengthen your cords and lengthen the stakes for you will spread out to the right and to the left and your descendants will dispossess nations and settle in their desolate cities. And then he said, do not be afraid. God gave these words to Isaiah the prophet some 750 years before the coming of Christ. And so it was that the Apostle Paul picked these same words up in the New Testament and he talked about them likewise. And so today from this scriptural setting, I want to talk to Calvary Church today from the subject of moving with God being willing to move with God. I have often said as an old pastor that God never intended for you to be saved, sanctified, and petrified. He never did intend for any of us to receive his salvation and then just stay where we are until we become a fossil. There's something to be said about our God that though his essence is the same, God is always leading us to horizons of newness. And we're always conquering greater things and seeing greater things accomplished in our lives than just staying where we are. I want to throw this out at the outset of my message today. And I want to tell somebody that is sitting under the sound of my voice that if you're new to God and you're new to the things of God, I would tell you that you will never, ever regret investing your life in what Jesus gave his life for. There is nothing else that is more precious than the church of the living God And the Bible says that Jesus gave himself for the church. Therefore, don't be afraid when God begins to lead and begins to pull and begins to direct your path. It will always be toward him and it will always be toward better things. Let's have some fun here this morning just a little bit. Uh, How many... In the room this morning, uh, in this service, you love to camp. You're just, uh, you're a camper. Boy, I see some hands going to the heaven, going high to the heaven. Uh, Wow, you love to camp. Uh, You love that, that campfire experience. Is there anything quite like a, a campfire and the smell and and uh, s'mores before you go to bed at night, and uh, you, 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 you go and crawl on uh, uh, in your tent, and uh, your lips are still sticky from marshmallows, and uh, 
chocolate and uh, then uh, over in the morning the ants come to join you uh, in the tent and have a little midnight snack also. Uh, 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 camping is, is, is romantic in its, in its idea. And this is a non-judgmental place today. Uh, uh, and so you're not going to be judged. Uh, uh, how many, you just don't care for camping. You just raise your hand. You, you really... Uh, uh, okay, uh, don't anybody attack any of these that, 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 that are not really given to campers. You're, uh, you're, you're good with your opinion. Uh, whatever you put in the offering today is going to be worth what I'm going to share with you. Uh, uh, so you might need to take notes on this and write it down. You're looking at a, at a camper today. You're looking at a happy camper. Uh, I'm a happy man. I'm a happy camper. And uh, uh, I want to share uh, with the audience today some of Bishop Ron's favorite camping spots. And uh, you ought to put these on your uh, uh, bucket list. And before you die, you need to ask God to let you try these camping spots that, that are my favorites. The first one that is one of my favorite camping spots, is the Height Regency at Kanapali Beach in Maui, Hawaii. Man, I, 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 I just love camping out there. Man, the beach is so sandy, and uh, man, the, 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 the pool is great, and... Uh, uh, it, it's really it, it's really good. Another another one of my favorite camping spots is the Inn at Spanish Bay at Pebble Beach, California. Uh, it, it's it, it's it's rather nice, folks. It, it, it's really really good. Uh, uh, they don't allow they don't allow fifth wheelers in there, and uh, uh, and and they have. Fire pits all, all all around that you can you, you can go and just 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 turn on and you can have a fire any time of the day or night at at, uh, at at the inn at Spanish Bay. Another one of my favorite camping spots is the Ritz Carlton at Half Moon Bay, California. Pretty nice camping spot. Likewise, uh, you you can camp there. And if you haven't picked up by now. That, that, that I'm the kind of camper that I just love at my camping spots to have full-service restaurants. I like to have hot showers that are big, big enough to turn around in. Okay? Not, not, not a little shower in a camper somewhere that, that you're just washing one side and then the other and, 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 and you're hoping you're getting all the soap off. Whatever. I even like jacuzzis in, 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 in my camping spots. And I really do like world-class golf courses that you can get a tee time at and that you can go and play right there at your camping site. You say, uh, what are you saying, Bishop Ron? I'm simply saying that the whole idea of camping 
is meant to be a temporary concept. God never intended for his children to just live their, their entire lives in, in, in a camping experience of just living in a tent because God has promised that there is a place and that there is a land that is much better than the wearisome travel through the tent life of this world. I simply stand today in front of you and I tell you that the world's largest campsite was when God had decided to bring his people out of a place called Egypt. And for many hundreds of years, his people had dwelt underneath the uh, rule of the Egyptians to the point that they had become the slaves of the Egyptians. And now God had worked a miracle and had delivered them out of the bondage of their past and God had them on the other side of a place called the Red Sea. And now God is taking them to a land that they did not plant the vineyards. And he's going to give them cities that they did not build the houses or construct the walls. And God says, I'm going to take you on a two-week journey. If you'll follow me, I'll take you to a better place that is going to be your promised land. There were 600,000 men in this camping trip. And with the wives and children, there were over 2 million plus that were actually on this journey. Can you imagine, can you imagine going camping with 2 million of your closest friends? The center of the camp that God designed was a special place. If you read scripture, you'll find out that in the middle of the camp of the Israelites, there was a place that was called the tabernacle in the wilderness. The tabernacle in the wilderness held the Ark of the Covenant, which represented the glory of Jehovah God. So it was that in the center of the camp, God allowed something very special to be unveiled. If you'll notice on the screens this morning, there is a graphic representation of it by day. By day, there was a pillar of cloud that would hover over the place of God's presence in the middle of the camp. It just signified that as long as God's glory dwelt there, that the people of God were to remain where they were. But if they began to see the cloud move, then it was time for them to pack up their tent and begin to move with God. By nighttime, God allowed a pillar of fire to be felt and seen over the tabernacle in the wilderness. And if that fire began to move, likewise, they had to pick things up and begin to move because Numbers 22, uh, Numbers 9 and 22 says, Where, whether the cloud stayed above the tabernacle for two days, a month, or a year, the people of Israel stayed in the camp and did not move on. But as soon as the cloud lifted, they broke camp 
and they moved on. You say, what are you trying to get across to us today in this message? Simply put, let me just tell you that God did not want his people in the old covenant to just remain with yesterday's experiences, yesterday's glories, yesterday's victories, but God wanted his people to be flexible to move with him when he said it was time to move. I ask the question today, how stuck are you in your yesterdays? How stuck are you on your journey? How stuck are you in your religion past? How stuck are you in whatever your yesterday was to the point that when God says move, you have decided to stay? Could I tell you that God's people, they turned this journey into a mockery because God had them on a two-week journey that they turned into a 40-year encounter in the desert. I just have come to tell somebody today that I don't want to ever, ever, ever be insensitive to the moving of the Holy Spirit of God when God begins to tell me it's time to move. It's time for me to be drawn to Him. Amen. Amen. Another way of the essence of my, of saying the essence of my message today is this. Never set up a permanent location in your life that God intended to be a temporary campsite. Never set up a permanent location in your life that God intended to be a temporary campsite. You know, there are people that I have pastored through the years that somehow they got stuck in yesterday's experience with God. How many of you would raise your hand this morning and say, Bishop Ron, I'm thankful for the experience I had with God when he saved me and he regenerated me and he made me his child. You're thankful for that encounter you had. There's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Uh, Wow. I've just stopped by though to tell you As good as that experience was, God's got something better for us in our future if we will only humble ourselves and follow him. Come on now. Oh, there's a song that simply says, every day with Jesus gets sweeter than the day before. Every day with Jesus, I love him more and more. I guess I'm standing here in this pulpit this morning and I'm having flashbacks. Yeah, of when I came to an old-fashioned altar and I gave my life to God as just a young boy. And I told him these words. I said, God, if you will save me and if you will fill me with your Holy Spirit, I will serve you all the days of my life. Could I tell this audience today that that is, 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 is over 60 years ago in my life. And I've come up short so many times. But could I tell you that I have never lost my desire 
to move with God and to follow God. No matter what life has thrown at me and no matter what has come or gone, could I just simply say that as for me and my house, we're going to follow God because we believe that God does not leave us at the same place that he found us. We're going to move with God into our future. The way that God allows us to do that, the New Testament says it's by not limiting God, it's by not operating beyond our sphere in God, and it's by increasing our capacity with God. Have you ever seen anyone that always wanted to do something they didn't have the talent or the capacity to do? I know I've driven people crazy down here on this front row singing. But things that you will never see or hear, Bishop Ron invited to sing with the praise singers. Just, I'm not talented. But I'm going to serve notice on the devil today that when I am in the presence of God, I'm going to be sensitive to God and I'm going to sing from my heart because I want my heart to sing his praises. I want my heart to be full of the praises of God. I wish that I could get somebody in this 10 a.m. service on a spring Sunday to just purpose in your life that you're gonna expand, you're gonna expand the metron of your life. That word encompasses the limits, the sphere, the capacity of your life. You're going to expand the metron of your life and you're going to say, God, I'm not going to run from you in my life, but I'm going to be drawn closer to you. Could I just go on record today as telling somebody that the first thing you need to do on a camping trip with the Lord is you need to learn to stay close to the cloud and you need to stay close to the community. The most dangerous place in all the world is to find yourself drifting to the peripheral. The Bible says that these people in Israel on their journey that drifted to the peripheral, their enemies came and destroyed them when they drifted to the peripheral of the camp. Could I just encourage somebody to get close to the altar of God? Get close to the center of the camp. Did you know that this church is the church that Jesus purchased with his own blood? He actually bought it with his own precious blood. It's not man-made. It's not a name on a brochure. It's not the idea of another man. But we're a part of a blood-bought body. And as long as you stay close to the altar of the living Lord, I will tell you, you can move with God when it's time to actually move with Him. Hallelujah to God. The second thing that I think that 
We ought to learn from camping with the Lord on this journey is to recognize the stakes that need to be pulled up in our lives. I've pastored people for many years and I've seen them in every kind of circumstance and every kind of situation. Can I tell you that, that, that I've dealt with some of these? One of the stakes that a lot of people deal with is the stake that is driven so deeply in your life, the stake of debt. Everybody say, I don't like debt. If you are still living in debt, then you need to get one of those bumper stickers that says, I owe, I owe, so off to work I go, I go. Whoever you owe, that's who owns you. That's who owns you. You can't be liberal with others as long as you owe your soul to somebody else. Could I just simply encourage somebody today to allow God to use this little sermon to say that as for me, we're going to sign up for for Financial Peace University. We're going to learn a different way of living where we live below our means and where we have enough to take care of us and and God's going to show us a method so that we can be a blessing to our children and we can be a blessing to others that come in our way, they're in need. You know, it's a lot better to be the head than it is to be the tail. It's a whole lot better to be with the haves than the have-nots. The tragedy in America is that in a blessed society like we live in or privileged to live in, I saw the other day statistics that says that 58% of all Americans that are nearing retirement age have less than $10,000 saved for retirement. I will tell you that if that is your case, listen to an old retired preacher. You're not going to have much of a retirement if all you have been able to save is $10,000. That's the reason I stand here today and I tell you, dig up the stakes of debt in your life. Get a plan in action. And God, will, he will honor that and allow you to become debt free. Why don't you pull up the stakes of unforgiveness in your life? Those things that you've been harboring for 5, 10, or 20 years against other people that have done you wrong. Why don't you pull up the stakes of addiction in your life and say, I refuse to live any more of my life bound by drugs or alcohol or pornography? Why don't you pull up the stakes of fear and doubt in your life and simply say, God, I'm not going to live any more of my life in fear, but I'm going to allow faith to take me to my promised land. Oh, I wish that I could get somebody here today to go on this camping trip with me with the Lord. And finally today, I would suggest 
that every last one of us would intentionally enlarge the scope, the capacity, the sphere, the metron of our lives. You know, there's something that is so tempting about just getting a little circle of friends and then just, just doing life with them. One of the things that I have never been satisfied with in my personal life is to just do life with a few. I want to do life with all of you. I want, I want to be welcome in your home. I want you to be welcome in my home. I want to be a part of a small group that you lead and that you participate in. Let me tell you a little story that happened to Sherry and I that has been such a blessing to us. There's a wonderful couple that are in this service today. And uh, uh, man, they're, they're just, they're relatively new to Calvary Church. But the, their story and their life was one in which they are both people that have lost children to very tragic circumstances in their life. This coming Thursday, this coming Thursday, will mark two years since Sherry and I lost the apple of our eye, our beautiful and our lovely daughter Allison, to suicide. And I will tell you that the last 24 months has been a journey sometimes in the wilderness. But I want to say that this wonderful couple that's sitting right over in this section this morning, they decided to lead a small group. And Sherry and I began attending that small group. You know, if you live long enough, you will find out that life will change for you. And sometimes you're not the one giving all the advice, but sometimes you're sitting at the feet of somebody else that have walked the road in front of you. Charles and Pam, Sherry and I will be forever grateful for what you have poured into our lives over this last year or so because of your love and because of your experience, you have given us hope to move with God, to move forward with God and not get stuck in past events in our world and in our life. That's the reason that I stand today and say to this to somebody. No matter what you've experienced in your life, don't get stuck there, but begin to allow your experience to expand in life. You know how you're going to do it? By letting more people into your life. You're going to have to let more people into your world that are going to bring joy and going to bring a word to you. Some of you are going to expand your life by going to some different places this summer. My granddaughter Chloe is here in this service. Good night. She has a, she, I called to check on her yesterday and guess where she was. She was a 15 and a half year old at driver's ed. Wow. Wow. This is crazy. Uh, 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 driver's ed and uh, uh, see she's just preparing to move with God <laughs> wherever God tells that car to go she's going to she, she's going to be able to, to, to go 
But I've told Chloe that one of the ways that her life was going to be expanded was that God was going to call her to go serve in some different places. And this summer she is going with a team from this church on her very first missions trip to the nation of Lithuania. And there she is going to experience a new culture and a new time and a new season. And God's going to bring into her world new people that are going to expand her world so that she can be used more greatly for God. I will tell you that the more generous you become, the more God will pour into your life. The tighter you become and the more shut down you are, the smaller your world will become. I'm just making the case today at Calvary. Why don't we intentionally increase the metron of our lives? And why don't we increasingly open our hearts to others? The reason that Pastor felt so strongly about us going to three services and I know the crowd looks smaller to you when you come to one of these services. But we had maxed out the two services. We had maxed them out. And all of the church studies tell us that when you're 85% capacity, your church will stop growing because people will not come and look for a seat. I will tell you, in the spirit today, the Holy Ghost said, why don't you tell the, the folks in your message, it's time for us to fill this 10 o'clock service up with our family and our friends. And it's time for us to invite others to come on this journey with us where God is leading us. What do you say, Calvary? Let's not just be stuck where we have been in our yesterdays. We've had some great yesterdays but I want to move with God to my promised land experience. I'm going to ask you to stand with me this morning. While the majority of people on this camping trip did not believe God, there were two such men that was on this journey that kept looking across the Jordan and looking to the mountains of God's promised land. Joshua and Caleb, they kept saying, give me my mountain. Give me my mountain. I'm ready to go possess what God promised us a long time ago. There's many of them that died and their bones bleached in the desert, but not Joshua and Caleb. Because I put on the screens now a different view. Heaven has a different view than everything else that we see. I want you to take a look at this. It's the rendering of the camp of the Israelites as they camped out. They could not see the configuration from ground level. But if you went up on top of the mountain that overlooked them and looked down at it from heaven's point of view, God had designed their very camp for them to camp in the shape of a cross. They didn't know anything about a cross and about a Savior, but God did. 
And so all of their wonderings were done in the shadow of the cross. I've just stopped by today to tell somebody that the place to stay is close to the glory of God and to the tabernacle of worship. Don't allow yourself to find yourself on the outside because you'll be destroyed and taken advantage of. But the closer you get to God, the more you follow his leading and you follow his path. Would you bow your heads, please? Father, I love you so much, Lord. I don't know who this message has been for today, but I really believe that it was for someone in this house. Moving with God takes courage. The easy thing is to just try to get through the day and gather some manna and gather some quail and make it through another day. But God, you want us to be sensitive to your spirit. There's no place as desolate as where you used to dwell. Let every person under the sound of my voice today let them hear God's voice and let them say, as for me and my house, we're going to move with God. And I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. It is not God's will for Calvary Church to just be a babysitter for the saved on Sundays. It's not God's will for us to just come after he redeemed us and just worship together and drink in of his goodness and partake of his blessings. But did you know that within a 20-minute radius of this church, there's over 450,000 people that need to be invited to walk with God. I would ask you to invite your friends and your neighbors, your family, all of those that you know. Use your influence to just get them to come and taste and see of God's goodness. It's a wonderful and precious thing to walk into God's tomorrow following His Spirit and His leadership. Would you shake hands with at least five people today and say, I want to go camping with you. Would you do that? God bless you. Thank you for being here today. I'm so delighted that you have chosen to be here. If you don't know somebody, turn around and introduce yourself. Welcome somebody new. God bless you. God bless you.